I hope you're ready for this special edition of Blended TV. My guest is Ian Rankin. He's currently the MLA for Timberley Prospect, is running to be the new leader of the Liberal Party and potentially our next Nova Scotia Premier. Fun side note, he's also probably the fittest person we've ever had in office. Join me. Welcome to Blended TV. I've got a special guest with me tonight. Ian Rankin is joining me and we're gonna jump two feet into this. Ashley, I gotta know, if we dial back to your story, was this a dream of yours? Like, did you want to run for Premier? Not at all, actually. Uh, I was mostly in the business community and I grew up in Timberley and uh, the opportunity came up to become an MLA. Um, back in 2012 when Bill Estabrooks decided not to run again and I just wanted to serve my community where I grew up and, and make a difference in the lives of people um, and this is obviously a much bigger scale um, and I just really want to serve uh, the province. I love it so growing up what did you want to do? Uh, well I was heavily involved in sports uh, you know I think I changed my mind quite a bit whether I wanted to be in the NHL or the uh, major leagues or the NBA like like most kids uh, but then uh, getting into uh, business uh, I, I saw myself potentially being in business and I always cared about the environment and so I, I changed my mind quite a bit and then uh, opportunities came up and I ended up doing uh, business in my profession before before politics. And so Correct me if I'm wrong, you, had, you grew up with a family business? Yeah, uh, going way back to my high school years, we had a gas station that uh, I worked in, helped manage, and then uh, went on to do my degree and helped uh, manage the store, and then uh, had uh, private sector experience in Ottawa and Alberta, and moved home and created uh, Premier Self Storage with a number of partners that's uh, here in Dartmouth. Great. So from my experience as a leader, I mean, you know, you always want to take care of yourself to ensure that you can continue to provide for your community. In your case, it'd be, you know, all of our fellow Nova Scotians. It's been a pandemic and you're in the middle of a campaign trying to run for essentially the Liberal Party and eventually uh, Premier of Nova Scotia. How do you manage your health during a global, you know, pandemic? And number two is, I guess, I've heard the rumor is that, you know, you've got some pretty solid habits to ensure that, you know, your health and your wellness are top of priority. Yeah, I'm obviously in the same boat as, uh, as everyone else. And it's, it's been tough um, trying to make sure that, you know, you have somewhat of a, a healthy routine when you get up in the morning. I try to get a run in. Um, fortunately, in Timberley, there's a, a trail system that runs right through the community. And, at one point during the pandemic, uh, there was no uh, there was no way you could drive to a park. So I was able to run around the, the community and a few dumbbells at home. Um, so I was able to, to stay uh, somewhat in shape, but it's not the same. Uh, personally, I like to go to a fitness facility. Others are much better at keeping up with it at home, but it, I always liked being in a, a space where I had lots of opportunity for equipment and stuff, so. So pre-COVID, you were pretty active within, you know, the gym on a day-to-day -day basis. Have you gotten back to that now that we've been able to open gyms like Blended Athletics back up? Yeah, so we're, uh, uh, Canada Game Center is where I, I go. It's a f uh, fitness place near my, my uh, place of residence, so uh, I, that's where I do a lot of my uh, strength training. 
and it's where I played basketball prior to the pandemic, so we're not able to do that quite yet, but uh, that's where I like to get my cardio. Um, so back to somewhat normal, but it's, it's challenging. It's a little bit different of a system and there's restrictions obviously that you have to follow and um, that presented a challenge, but uh, yeah, getting back into things. So I want to jump into some more high level things with regards to, you know, some of the things that you want to do at, you know, if you are indeed elected, um, but specifically with health and, you know, one of the things that you stated within your campaign, and I quote um, on your campaign page, is that um, one of your primary visions is to modernize healthcare. I'm curious, what's that mean? Well, I think it means a number of things. Uh, we obviously are in the, the digital age now that we need to look at uh, not only healthcare, but across everything government does, we need to look at being able to leverage technology. Um, with healthcare, we have telehealth, virtual health. Uh, we have opportunities to tap into technology, so uh, patients should be able to get uh, emails on what they uh, what uh, they need to see happening at their own records. Um, there's more opportunity for that digital messaging across uh, different platforms, and I think that healthcare needs to come along into that age. I think that modernization also means getting on with allowing allied health professionals to practice in collaborative care centers. Um, preventative health, I think, is also uh, has been historically underfunded in, in not only our province, but uh, looking at the healthcare system as a whole, uh, we need to make sure that we're looking at the upstream investments so that we keep people uh, healthier and, and uh, look at the wellness side of the healthcare system uh, a little bit more than just treating uh, the symptoms of inevitably people being sick uh, because we all end up sick one way or another but it's it's looking at that upfront investment which gets a better return in the long run i mean as a healthy individual yourself and, and you kind of beat me to the bunch here but going back to preventative health uh, i mean the data that supports preventative health what like what do you believe that we can do or the government can do in order to like help push that entire envelope forward. So getting preventative health as like a mainstream kind of strategy. Yeah, so I, I think experts need to be part of weighing in on that. I think that uh, certainly physical activity is, is number one alongside diet, uh, the diet that people are, are looking at. Um, so government has a role and the federal government has done good work recently with uh, revamping the food guide. I think that makes it more based on science now. Um, but government provincially, we obviously have healthcare in our system. We need to make sure that we're uh, working with our community health teams and the community health board so that there's programming out in communities, paying special attention to uh, ensuring that access to fitness facilities uh, like this are um, across every community in the province. Uh, recreation is, is huge on my list. Um, I worked hard to get a community center rebuilt that uh, will start uh, soon in, in my community and I think that all kids growing up here uh, need access to uh, modern uh, infrastructure when it comes to recreation and also healthier foods, um, ideally locally grown uh, in schools and in uh, businesses that are local to, to communities. And so I love the idea of kind of moving that forward, but how do you do that in, in a role, like how does the government make that type of a change? Yeah, it's behavior change, which isn't always easy. Um, I think really it's, it's all ages, but I do think there should be a focus on younger kids so that we can break a cycle of um, 
of not paying as much attention to uh, if there's learned behavior through families and peer groups that uh, don't necessarily have kids involved in sports or uh, and any incentives to get into uh, involved in more physically active lifestyles. If their parents aren't in, the, in that area, then they probably have a proclivity not to. So, uh, you know, I think that I would be open to tax incentives for, uh, for all ages, uh, getting into uh, memberships and, and making sure that there's an accountability mechanism so that um, they actually do show up to uh, whether it's, it could be a gym, it could be yoga, it could be uh, a number of different um, types of, I think, uh, positive influencing uh, activities on, on kids. How about in the school system? It's been something that's been continuously, I think, you know, since we were younger and, and in school, been something that's been dialed back. And I 100% agree. I think that, you know, if we want to make a positive change in the generations to come, we've got to start them young. And it's something that's been kind of dialed back over the last, you know, decade. Like, are we expecting to hopefully see that kind of reverse in the coming years? Yeah, I mean, that's my goal. And uh, just to be clear, I do think it's still all ages. Like I, I should have mentioned, I, I do go to Orange Theory sometimes for my, for my uh, uh, cardio especially. And, and I like to see there's all ages involved there, especially on, I think a lot of seniors enjoy that workout as well. But, um, but I think it is critical that we do have, as a province, we have that ability to insert programming into the schools, making sure kids can do that inside and outside. There's huge benefits for kids being out in nature and running around. And, and we have a duty to provide the, the type of infrastructure to allow that to happen. So double gyms is something that uh, I think should be more and more required in, in new schools um, and making the renovations that happen so that kids in one community have the same uh, benefits that kids in another community have too. And with you know, coming out of a, a massive global pandemic as we are, um, that's something that's been, you know, kind of removed from access. Like people don't have the same access to these spaces. You're going to see a lot of, you know, companies coming out of this obviously struggling. Are there plans in place in order to help kind of revive the, the, the entire economy and, and ensure that like those, you know, companies I'll say are like supported and ensuring that we get that moving forward yeah and again I think it's critical that we listen to the industry um, because uh, you are the ones that are really on the ground and know the impacts um, any service oriented business and that includes retail and restaurants have had uh, tremendous impacts because they're dealing so closely with people and, and gyms obviously with the increased threshold of the distance being away from one another uh, made, Just like this. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so that, that severely uh, decreased uh, your um, ability to have a certain percentage of people and that I know that cuts into your bottom line um, and, and, and staffing costs go up because of that too and more cleaning and so um, government has a role to play to make sure that we are able to support uh, businesses and working with other levels of government to, to see how we can best support that because it's so important for our society, it's important for mental health. Um, when I hear about the impacts of the pandemic, I, I think about mental health and addictions too uh, on the rise right now. And so uh, we really should be uh, working together to get people back into healthy lifestyles if they've slipped a little bit. So uh, like I do this for my own mental health, I get up in the morning and I, I'm a different person if I don't get to the, to the gym. So it's, it's really good to, to keep that positive energy, I believe. I can't 
begin to preach how important I think it is for leaders within our um, province to be able to like look upon you and, and, and be able to lead by example and actually demonstrate the fact that that is so important, not just from a physical, but from a mental perspective as well. One of the reasons that you know, we opened Blended Athletics in the first place was we wanted to use fitness, um, or sorry, we wanted to use our business to change the culture of Nova Scotia through fitness and wellness. And similar to yourself, I uh, moved away from Nova Scotia for a number of years. Did you find that some of the strategies that you've kind of, or, or like the, the, the vision that you have for our province came from living on the West Coast and through Central Canada during kind of your development? Uh, probably unintentionally. I think that it's good for people to, to be outside of the province to see what works. Um, there's different, uh, I guess, circumstances in all provinces. I mean, we, we do have inclement weather here that we uh, can't control, but we also, uh, we do have fairly mild winters where we can get out, uh, I think, skating and stuff and um, making sure we're, we're using what we have in front of us. Um, and obviously in places where uh, you have a national park that's protected where I was fortunate to live in. Um, it, was, it was quite easy to find a mountain to, to climb up and, uh, and uh, <laughs> enjoy the wildlife that's throughout. But I think that um, I try to see uh, the optimism and uh, in this pandemic we've seen huge increases of visits to parks. Um, so we should be creating more parks and I've committed to uh, protecting more areas, creating more parks uh, so that we have more natural space for Nova Scotians to get out and uh, just going for walks um, uh, for people that are mostly, uh, if they have a sedentary lifestyle, going for a long walk every day, I think will pay huge dividends for them, uh, both physically and mentally. So, um, so the private sector has a role and I think the government has a very strong role as well. So to summarize some of the other areas that you're going to, you know, that you envision changing outside of the health um, aspect of the industry. What other changes would you be looking to make as you kind of lock into a role in leading the Liberal Party as the, the Premier? Well, I think we have a, a strong foundation. We're one of three provinces that uh, are on a strong uh, fiscal path right now, according to the Canadian Parliamentary Budget Officer. Um, so for me, it's where do we go next? Um, we have some issues uh, that involve health and we need to make some investments in long-term care. Um, but I do think that we need to look at a strong economic recovery, uh, one that is socially inclusive and lower carbon. Um, I make no apologies that I want to get off coal 10 years earlier than planned. I think that we need to get on with that, uh, not only for better quality air, uh, we actually will protect our uh, power rates right now. We export out 150 million uh, a year uh, to purchase coal outside of our country. We can create good jobs in the green economy here by bringing on more renewable energy, bringing our buildings to net zero. We can electrify our transportation system. All this uh, makes smart business sense. It's going to be good for our environment. Uh, we'll have a healthier population here. And I want to do things like incentivize a healthy lifestyle. I want to have uh, a good solid education that's focused on making sure that our kids are prepared uh, for tomorrow and that future economy and support every region in the province with uh, that kind of vision. I have a ton of respect for the fact that some of the changes that you're looking at making and, and that you're using as your vision as you move into, um, you know, uh, potentially being the premier of Nova Scotia are all very 
long-term. I mean, when we look at preventative healthcare, and as well when we look at you know, reusable energy, those aren't things that you're gonna be able to change over the course of a year. So how do you get the population, the public, to buy into this vision and to accept the fact that some of the changes that you're looking at making aren't going to be things that they see coming right out of the gate? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I think you really nailed it there. And the, the forward-looking vision is really important so that we leave a better society for next generations, generations that are here today and some that aren't even here. Um, but when we make those changes, there are immediate benefits. Uh, we talked about uh, mental health. So when people start to live healthier lifestyles, if, when they eat better, when they uh, engage in any kind of physical activity that they would be interested in, uh, they become happier. And a happier society, I think, benefits our economy almost immediately. Um, hiding behind this immediate crisis of the pandemic is uh, crises like the climate crisis and biodiversity loss. Uh, these uh, are grave challenges that we need to take on as a society. Uh, and if we don't start tackling them now, uh, this earth is going to be a very different place to live in for future generations. And people are interested in this across all age cohorts. When I talk to seniors, they're worried about their grandkids. When I talk to parents, it's the same thing. Um, so when it comes to preventative health, to me, I think it's just about political courage. And again, this isn't something that I dreamed of doing. This is something that I believe um, is in the best interests of Nova Scotians. I believe in Nova Scotians, and I believe that they want to see these things happen too. That's fantastic. And talking about some different, like the generations to come, one thing that we've had placed you know, in the media's eye over the course of last year is our ability as a province to become more inclusive. And one of the very first episodes that we actually did here on Blended TV this year uh, was with Melanie Clark, and it was on inclusivity in the workplace. She is also a part of the Black Wellness Group, which is striving to provide you know, fitness and health initiatives to that demographic. It's a huge, you know, year to kind of walk into all the different things that you're managing politically. How are you going to face some of those changes? Uh, it's another key part of uh, all of my platforms. There's an equity component in, in health and education and environment. Uh, not all of our history is positive in this province. Uh, we have to come to grips with um, the disproportionate impacts that uh, communities from African Nova Scotia communities to our Mi'kmaq communities have had. And, and when you look at the social determinants of health across the board, uh, we need to do better. So uh, I think that there needs to be um, some intentional policies uh, put in place. I've come out with a number of them that are based on what I know that leaders in communities are already working on. Uh, we don't have all the answers, um, but community groups are working on these uh, where it comes to educational outcomes, and, um, economic outcomes, uh, housing, all these things, I think that uh, we as a government and as uh, citizens in Nova Scotia uh, should reflect on how we can best support uh, those communities that have been left behind, frankly, in decision making in government at the highest levels, and that needs to change. So Ian, registration to vote happens coming up January. You have to register essentially before January 7th, and then voting goes from February 1st to 6th. You know, what are some of the reasons that people today should be getting out to register and ultimately voting to have you 
lead the Liberal Party and become the Premier of Nova Scotia? Well, I think that this is an opportunity that doesn't come up that often. Uh, typically, you have a general election, you vote for your directly for your MLA and not uh, who the Premier will be necessarily. Um, with the Premier retiring, I've served uh, under him and I think that we've really turned a corner in the way that our finances are managed. Uh, our population is growing, we have strong economic growth. I want to see a province that succeeds economically, uh, but making sure that that economics is uh, more widely shared and that it's more uh, sustainable in the long run. I think that this is an opportunity for um, people to really see themselves in a government and in a, a fast-growing, ambitious, um, thriving Nova Scotia. And I really believe in this province and what we can do and what we can aspire to be. And, and I think that uh, the vision that I have is, is different and uh, you know, we, can, we can do great things in this province. I also believe we can do great things in this province. Ian, thank you very much for joining me tonight. One last question on a very serious note. Yeah. Do you like burpees? Burpees. Uh, I don't think many people like them. But <laughs> uh, I finally got a smile yeah. out of you. Thanks again yeah. for joining me tonight. Yeah. Um, everyone, make sure to get out and register before January 7th and voting happens February 1st to 6th. Thank you for joining me tonight on Blended TV.